Well, good morning. We're going to start a series this week about uh, God speaking. And we start off with the phrase, the question, does God still speak? Uh, Would you stand with me? And let's read a passage from 1 Samuel. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Father, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that you would speak. And that we would listen today, that that the Holy Spirit would anoint each person here to listen to you. Give us hearts that are obedient. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Does God still speak? Well, is that really the right question? Uh, In fact, that probably is. Well, it depends, first of all, on who's asking. Uh, You know, if an, if an atheist were asking, then it's an irrelevant question because why do you care if someone you don't think is there speaks or not? Uh, really, it's probably a good question primarily for pagans because pagans, uh, pagans don't, really, they don't really know for sure. You know, they, they're not sure about their gods. You know, have, have they wandered off somewhere? Are they still here? Do they care? Do they want to say anything or not? See, pagans have never... I've never heard their gods say, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. They've, they've never heard their gods say, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the earth. But if you're a Christian, if you're a real believer, and you got a question, does God still speak? Yes, of course he does. Uh, for one thing, I mean, we've got, we've got the Bible here. And guess who wrote that? Right. Yeah, God, that, that's, that's actually God's word. And as you read it, as it, as, it begins, as it begins to become a part of your life, see, it's alive. It's active. 
It's sharper than a double-edged sword. As you, as you read the, the Bible, it's able to begin to discern the, the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart. It's able to discern your motives. It's able to reveal things in your life. And it does that because not only do we, do we have the book, but we've also got the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was the one who inspired the writers to write, and, and he indwells every believer. And so as you read the word, uh, he'll bring new things out to you. He'll bring fresh manna out every day, every day. I, I've mentioned this before, but it's been a, a couple of years, I think. So I'll, I'll just mention it again. Every time that I sit down to read the Bible, I have a prayer that I pray. And it's not a long prayer, and I don't necessarily get on my knees. Well, I don't get on my knees. It's too hard to get back up. But I, I, uh, but there's a prayer that I pray every time, and it's very brief, but it's important. And it is, Holy Spirit, come help me. Come help me. I'm getting ready to read the Word here. Uh, help me to understand what, what you're wanting to say, and, 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 and help me to be obedient to it. When I hear it, help me to keep it in my heart. But not only do we have the Word and do we have the Holy Spirit helping us with the Word, uh, there's even more. Uh, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, Peter got up and he explained what this was all about. He said, this is what's happening. Uh, this, this is what's happening. He said, in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young Men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So you got dreams, you got visions, you got prophecy that's happening and, and, and it's going forth and it's, and it's irrespective of gender, irrespective of age, irrespective of, of, of social standing. <coughs> Even on the servants, it says, this will happen and this is this is actually this is actually happening now. It's a little it's a little freaky sometimes, uh, and and there can be questions as to what is legit and what's not legit. And we're going to talk about that in, briefly in a second. But then we'll uh, it's actually probably going to be more like three minutes. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that briefly, and then in later sermons in this series, we'll go into it a little bit more in depth. But it's real. It's absolutely real. How many of you have ever had God speak to you in a dream? Yeah. We well, see you must be old. Yeah. But he does. And and some of you have even had visions and many of sometimes probably some of you have even prophesied without even knowing that you were prophesying to somebody. Without even knowing that what you were saying was was reading their mail and and absolutely nailing where they were in their life at that time. Um Sometimes it's it's not always this dramatic, but I'll, I'll share one instance. I've got a good friend who pastors up in Bowling Green. Um, his name's Dave, Dave Dearman. And he used to work with a man named um, Etzel Charles, which is an interesting name. And, and Etzel is, uh, he's, in, he's in real estate, and, uh, and he buys and sells real estate, but he also is a real estate forecaster. And he's really good at what he does. And Fortune 500 companies, call him and have him come in. And, and uh, when Dave was working for him, uh, he would often take Dave with him to, to these meetings where he would be consulting. And Etzel is a dangerous man because God tells him stuff. And he really does tell him stuff. 
Uh, he's not flaky at all, but he's dangerous. And uh, Dave, there's, there's a, one particular instance Dave has told me about a couple of times, uh, certainly made an impression on him. Uh, but they were they were at this at this meeting with with the with this particular company, Fortune 500 company, and and uh, I, it was in Indianapolis or Charlotte or someplace, and um, and Edsel was you know going through the forecast and talking about real estate and things, and then he stopped in the middle of it and he and he turned to this guy and he said, "Will you explain to the owner of the company why you're why you're stealing money from the company?" You know, and Dave is going, oh, good. He's doing it again. You know, this we're, one of these days, somebody's going to sue us. I mean, he's got some other stories, too. This one, this isn't the only one. This one really stuck. Will you explain why you're stealing money from the company to the owner? And, of course, the guy goes, oh, I'm not stealing money. And, and that's because I have come to know, which is his code for the Lord told me. But I like that phrase. I, I, I like that a lot. I have come to know that you're stealing money from the company. And if you'll, if you'll tell the owner, it will be okay. But, but you need to tell him. And uh, after two or three minutes, because Edsel wasn't going to let this thing go, the guy broke down. Went, yeah, okay, I, yes. My, my son has cancer. And the, the, the medical bills just got overwhelming. And, and I, I didn't know what we were going to do. And, uh, and the owner of the company said, Man, I wish you had told me, but bring me all those bills. We're going to take care of them. You're too valuable for us to lose. And then that's what goes on talking about real estate. <laughs> but I mean, God speaks. God, God really does speak today. Uh, but there are other questions that would be very pertinent, and I want to address three of them uh, quickly here today. And the first one is, <clears throat> how do you tell the real from the fake? How can you discern the real from the fake? I'm not going to go into this in very much detail today because we'll be talking about this and some others. But I do want you to understand that fake is out there. When, when Jesus was asked about the last days, what are the signs of the last days? The first thing he always said was, be on your guard. Don't be deceived. False prophets will come. False signs will be given. That, that's, that's the first thing you need to know about signs for the last days. So if you believe that you're living in the last days, <coughs> excuse me, uh, then you, you should know that Jesus has said there's going to be a lot of false stuff out there, and it's important to be able to, to tell the difference between the genuine and, and the fake. And the main key in being able to do that, especially when it comes to, to hearing what God is saying, the main key is to know the Bible. And we don't like that because the Bible is a big book. It's almost as big as a Russian novel. Surely God doesn't expect me to read a book that big and especially reread it and reread it and reread it and reread it. But yes, he does. But you see, that's not what we want. I mean, we want, we want a thinner book, something that maybe somebody has written in the last three months. Something that's more uh, easier to understand. Yeah. Or, or, or better yet, a podcast. A podcast that'll tell us what's real and what's fake so that we can, so that we can gain wisdom. Now, I'm not against thin books and podcasts, okay? But I'm just saying that's no substitute. That is no substitute 
okay, I'm going to say that three times because that's really important. That's no substitute for the Bible. There, there is no shortcut. And really, the worst thing of all is sometimes what we really want is somebody who will get up and tell us what's real and what's fake. That one's fake, that one's real, that one's fake, that one's real. If somebody will do that for you, they're probably fake. No shortcut. Got to engage with the Word. Second question is probably the real question, the most important question that we have to face today. And that is simply, is anybody listening? I'll give you a minute to look at that. Wonder why I don't ever hear from the shepherd anymore. I think we do know that God speaks. We often just aren't listening. And beyond that, when we do listen, we sometimes don't like what he has to say. When I first moved to Nashville, when, when I first moved, it's like I, I brought the family here when I was three. Uh, when we first moved to Nashville, uh, I, we didn't have a television set, I don't think. I think we got one. Well, I know we got our first TV after we moved here. Before that, when we, when we were living in, in Jackson in, uh, in an apartment, we had to go to the next door neighbor if we wanted to watch television or, or something. But uh, we didn't have a TV. But when we finally got one here in Nashville, we had... How many channels, John? Three. That's right. We had ABC, NBC, CBS. Who could ask for anything more? Uh, we didn't even have PBS. They they came in a few years later, um, and initially they were channel two. Well, that's enough Nashville history. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, that strange thing below those those things there, <laughs> we call I don't know why we call those rabbit ears. I mean, that doesn't look like a rabbit, and that really doesn't look like rabbit's ears, but we call them rabbit's ears and and what you'd have to do is you'd have to uh you'd have to move them around to to get the picture to come in well. And and that little circle thing which most of them didn't have in that day, uh but the little circle thing if we if we toyed with that enough and the and the wind was blowing in the right direction, at nighttime, sometimes we could get Bowling Green uh, on the TV set. I don't know why anybody would want Bowling Green, but we could get Bowling Green. Today, I live out in the middle of nowhere, and I have 190 of the top stations in America. I don't know what 185 of them do. But, Occasionally, this doesn't happen too often, praise God, but occasionally, you know, I'll be sitting at home and I'll kind of go, okay, I got some time to kill here. Wonder what these channels are. Start clicking through, and the next thing you know, an hour and a half, two hours have gone by, and I haven't watched anything. I've just Click through. Back in the day, people used to own one book. You go in their house, most people, if they had a book at all, they had one. And it was the Bible, of course. 
And if they had two, they had a Bible and a songbook. Hymns, what they had. Now, I have hundreds of books in my pocket. Not counting the scores of books that I have on shelves back home that I got during the dark ages before I started putting books in my pocket. Hundreds of them. They're, they're just all over the place. And, and there, there are a few other distractions that, uh, that, that we have in our lives. Uh, just to name a few. All, all of these things. And, and it's going it's to get, get more hectic. Which one? That must have been the superheroes? Yeah. How about that Batman? You know, I'm a Superman guy. Well, I'm a Batman guy. Uh, I'm a Marvel guy. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's important stuff. I mean, things we got to deal with here in, in, in this life. And, and it's going to get more hectic, not less hectic. Uh, over in Daniel chapter 12, uh, the angel said to Daniel, hey, in the last days, people are going to be going to and fro, and knowledge is going to be increasing, and boy, has it ever. I mean, ask me a question. If I don't know the answer to it, give me two minutes and an internet connection, and I will give you the answer to virtually everything, unless it's important. I can give you facts, but maybe not necessarily truth. What we need in the midst of all of this this maelstrom of distraction going on around us, what we need is to be able to hear a still small voice. When Elijah was running from Jezebel and and he... went to the mountain of God to hear from God and was in the cave. It wasn't that he was sitting in the cave and he heard this still small voice coming. No. He was in the cave and there was a big fire that was consuming the mountain. And then there was a, there was a big storm that came through and was breaking rocks and there was, a, there was a howling wind that came through. There were a few distractions. But God wasn't in any of them. It's when he heard the still small voice. When I was in the seventh grade, I remember, that was the first time that that we had more than one teacher for our classroom. Up until then, it was one teacher, one classroom, blah, blah, blah. Seventh grade, we had, you know, different teacher for each subject. And I remember two of them in particular. Uh, One of them was was Mrs. Brown. Now, Mrs. Brown... uh, was an older lady, and it was the first time she had ever taught uh, junior high, and it was also the last year that she taught junior high because we had her for lunch. And, you know, I I feel badly about it now, but, you know, back then, I mean, I was 12 years old. Woo! You know, this is great. It's Mrs. Brown's period. Let's play. Uh, And when Mrs. Brown would talk to us, or try to talk to us, it would sometimes, it would usually be along the lines of, y'all sit down now. Everybody sit down and listen to me. And of course, nobody did. And then there was Mrs. Fisher. And nobody played in Mrs. Fisher's class. In fact, she had us for lunch. And Mrs. Fisher talked like this. 
Get out your books and turn to page 24. Now. God is not Mrs. Brown. He's Mrs. Fisher. And if he has to become Mrs. Brown, you're in big trouble. He doesn't want to yell. He wants to speak. He wants to speak into our hearts. And the third question is not only are we listening, the question is, are we willing, are we willing to obey? Jesus was asked why he spoke in parables. And he said, I speak in parables because the people's hearts are calloused. Think about that for a minute. A calloused heart. A heart that is so distracted. A heart that is not sensitive to anything of the Spirit at all. Speak in parables because the people's hearts are calloused. Uh, and, and because if otherwise, they might see with their eyes and ear with their hear, hear with their ears and, and understand. Because... See, it's better to not know the will of the Lord than it is to know it and go, not going to do that. Not going to obey that. We, uh, We would like to know God's will, but we often don't want to know God's will to know what to do. We want to know God's will to know what other options we have. But once we know God's will, there are no other options. It's just a matter, I mean, what are you going to say? You know, no. I know you want me here, God, but, you know, I really like it over here. Oh, my goodness, I'm in trouble. Help me out here, God. And God's going, I want you over here. Yeah, I, I, I know, but if you'll help me out, I'll go over there. You know, so God helps you out, and then you go, psych. Of course, God knew what was coming. It's a dangerous thing to know God's will and not be obedient. You know, our hearts have to be ready to go, okay, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. And and it's not, it's not necessary. And the Lord's will isn't hard. It's not hard. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Sometimes we think, well, you know, God's going to want me to do something I'm not going to want to do. Well, that, that's possible, but that's not usually the way that it works. It might be something that you don't want to do right now, but when he gets, when he gets around to telling you, this is what I want you to do, it usually the, becomes the desire of your heart. By then you go, yep, that's, that's, that's where I want to be. That's, that, that's, that's what I want to do. And... uh See, life is hard. Jesus' yoke is easy. His burden is light. And sometimes we go, well, you know, Jesus told me to do this, and I'm doing it, and man, things are so hard. Well, it was going to be hard anyway, but since you've got his yoke, his burden, he's carrying it with you. There's a lightness there. There's, a, there's an ability to, to walk in it. There's an ability to be able to, to go there. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. If you've been here for... an you know, a, a lengthy amount of time, one of the things that you may have seen, you may have noticed, maybe not, I don't know, it doesn't matter, really, is that whenever whenever we do offering, whenever there's a prayer over offering, uh, I, I've got my check in my hand, and I've, and I've got my hand raised toward that. Now, 
Why do I do that? I, I uh, you know, I guess you could say, well, I'm doing it. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly not doing it so people go, oh, my goodness, he's giving an offering. Uh, although I do feel like I'm supposed to set an example. I do that because that's what God told me to do several years ago, a number of years ago. He said, whenever, whenever it's time, you got your check, raise your hand. I'm not saying anybody else is supposed to do it. I'm saying it's what he told me to do. And that's, that's what I do. Sometimes what God's will is for you right now is do this little thing. Just do this little thing. And once you do, then he'll show you something bigger. He'll put something bigger in front for you. One last thing here. Uh, it is a powerful thing to have a word from God. It, it is an empowering strengthening thing to have a word from God in your life. David was innocent, completely innocent, and yet the full force of the federal government was coming down, breathing down his neck, trying to kill him for years, for years. And yet he was able to persevere through all of that, whether he was serving a king in another country or running from Saul around a mountain or living in a cave. He was able to persevere because he, he had received a word from God. Samuel had anointed him, and the word of the Lord is, you're going to be king. Okay, let's, just, let's go there. Let's get to it. When you have a word from God, you truly can sing, I will stay though the world round me fold. Lift up your name as the darkness falls. Because someday the world will fold and the darkness will fall. When you have a word from God, you can persevere, you can endure. Over the next six weeks, uh, we're going to be talking about how God speaks. And we're going to end it up with, with a service where we'll be hearing some testimonies of people that God has spoken to. But as we go through that, I want you to bear this in mind. Psalm says, the words of the Lord are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They're sweeter than honey, sweeter than honey from the honeycomb. And most of us, if, if, if we were to say, you know, if we were to put a sign out there and say, everybody who attends next week going to get a, a bar of 24-karat gold, we might have some visitors. And for sure, most of you would come, maybe all of you. You, you know, you might even cancel a fishing date or something. <laughs> I would have said golf, but I was looking at Fred. What we're going to be offering and what we're going to be talking about is more precious than gold, worth more than gold, sweeter than honey. It's a word of the Lord, and it's a precious thing. Would you stand? Would those who are going to pray with people come forward? If you're here and you need prayer, you know, sometimes people come for prayer for physical 
uh, ailments. Sometimes they come because they need God to do something financially for them. Sometimes uh, relationships need to be healed or something. It's also perfectly legitimate to come and go, I need, I need to hear something. I need to hear something from God. And these brothers and sisters are here to, to pray with you. And, and they, may, they, may, they may hear something from God to tell you, or they'll pray with you and God will tell you some other way. may tell you before you get out, out, of, the, out of the building. But uh, you come if you need prayer. And, and if not, let's, uh, let's worship. Let's worship.